we go. Welcome to the Holy Spirit's Curriculum of Joy podcast. My name is Wanaka Oberhuber, and my guest today is David Hoffmeister. Hi. Hi there. Nice to have you here. Oh, it's great being here. Thank you. Yeah, let's let's start since we're so spontaneous. Let's go into the depth of being in the moment, being now, and how the Course in Miracles sees that and how we can live that in our lives. Well, I think it it is a moment where we have released our self-concept goals that were held in mind, which are just really goals from the past. So for me, the spontaneity of this moment is maintained and in a very effortless way when we don't have any other goals or purposes that are that are pulling on our mind and pulling us into the world. And by the world, I just mean the ego belief system. So to me, it's really what all perennial teachings have shared throughout the ages is just being present by having a, a goal, very deep goal for peace, and then just letting that peace just flow through in this moment. Yeah, I like that. So, so you speak a lot about purpose, right? And you're saying purpose is peace and letting that inform the moment. Yeah, like that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That, that's something that, that really spoke to me that, that whether you call it forgiveness or you call it uh, the Holy Spirit's perspective of looking at the world it seems that that purpose is what has to be held up front, so to speak. And then everything is perceived as serving that purpose. And then there's no conflict. So to me, that that is really the most important thing. I, I even uh, wrote a little book that many, many years ago called Purpose is the Only Choice. Because I feel like the purpose that we serve is our choice every single moment yeah it's a very powerful thing to choose and to be able to choose and know that you have a choice because many yeah. of us get stuck in the feeling that we have no choice everything is happening and we are so to speak the ones who are on the receiving end and of course the miracles is speaking a completely different language about that it's very encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. It's very empowering. Very empowering. Yeah. When when all these worries come up in one's mind, and you you just follow through with this purpose, and it it dissolves. I, I suspect in the way you are experiencing it. Yeah, I feel the real opportunity to really open to this purpose came when I was in my late 20s and I first encountered the Course in Miracles and I could see that it was it was really a calling, like I was answering a calling in my mind, a calling in my heart. 
to another way of living and another way of experiencing the world, very much like the original two students of the course, Bill Pedford and Helen Sheckman, kind of, it all started with Bill saying there must be another way to live. And to me, that is the invitation that we have from, from God and the Holy Spirit. And it, it opens us into an adventure that is, is very exhilarating as we surrender to it or as we align with it. And then as it carries us along, it becomes very clear that this is our, our pathway to God. This is our escape from, from time and space. And this is our, our way in a very practical way. This is our way into, into the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, well, another big subject is equality. And we all are equal. And I think that's a very important subject because the world, the way we have been taught or teaching ourselves is all about specialness. And equality is the opposite of that. Yeah, yeah that's, that seems to be the core of all the practice is to be able to look equally upon everyone and everything in the same presence, in the same grace, and with the same blessing. So I feel like that is, is our, our lead in learning to relax and, and not feel pushed or pressured to, to compete or to strive or to be better than but it instead is an invitation to just relax and see that we're, we're all the same. And the way that plays out in terms of the human race is that, that we are all equal, always have been equal and, and always will be equal, regardless of whatever differences the ego has invented, we still remain equally the one, uh, the one presence of, of God. We are the Christ. Yeah, it's a, that's a big one because of all the, the differences, like you mentioned, that we perceive and think often give the belief that it's real, right? And that it makes sense. And then, then you have all these comparisons that get in the way of your feeling equal to each other. And there's always this tendency, either you're less or you're more, but you, to be equal is a very different perspective and I love the way you're describing it. Yeah, it is, it is very relaxing because I think our past conditioning has, has dictated that we compete and we strive and we try to find our worth in this world of, of form and time and space and it tells us that we should be worthy based on what, what our education is or our skills and abilities or talents or even achievements, like worldly achievements. It tells us that that's, that's the name of the game. But all of those things don't really bring peace of mind and don't really 
lead to a sense of equality, those pursuits, those ego goals, and that ego self-concept, it's always preoccupied with, with being better than someone else or being more than someone else. And, and it's telling us that our worth is derived from, from all of those things. And then in A Course of Miracles, Jesus tells us that your, your worth is established by God and nothing you think or make or say or do is necessary to establish our worth. So to me, that shows a striking difference in what we're learning from Jesus in the Course. And it does seem to take a lot of faith and willingness to to follow this pathway because there seems to be lots of evidence from the past stacked against this uh, this clean, innocent perspective that we're we're talking about. And yet, I feel if we really put it first, if we put that as our our priority, then it is shown to us as as what is is readily available. This, Holy Spirit perspective, and it's really like the the title of your of your show. You know, that's where we find the curriculum of joy in this this moment and in this this purpose that the Holy Spirit has given us. Yeah, I love the perspective that our value is established by God and cannot be made less or more by anything else. It is absolutely, absolutely whole and complete. Hmm. Yeah, and it's so contrary to what, what we are taught or teaching ourselves in the world of the past says, right? Like you said, it's like the whole past is steeped against it. Yeah, and you've written a few books already, and, and uh, I was wondering how that process works for you with writing, because you you obviously have this strong sense of being guided in your writing. Well, most of the time I I just travel and speak, and and then I have people that have enjoyed listening to what was coming through me, and they have started transcribing uh, the talks. And then of course, it's a whole different process when you when you put it down into print. It takes a bit of, of focus and, and um, editing and clarity to, to really come through well on the written word. But that's basically the way the process has gone for me, that I, I basically am, am a teacher in terms of talking and then the writing has come when I, I sit down to answer questions, to correspond with people, co communicate with people, and then also to put the ideas in a presentable way so that they can be in in books. And I really try to, to put the whole process of forgiveness into the books so that people can have a lot of examples and also can get a deeper grasp of the, the metaphysics of A Course in Miracles. Yeah, it's wonderful because that 
allows people to see it ordered in a certain way so they can follow the process. Yeah, it's, it's so valuable that way. They've been very important to me in my journey. Yeah, and mine as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, would someone want to ask a question? We have someone here. If not, I'll continue. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I feel that writing is a very, very important thing, or speaking is actually writing, in other words, the way it has been for you. And I feel that that's the way it is for many people, is that the spoken word is what leads to the written word. And yeah, this this opportunity of having people ask questions actually lets it go very deep, right? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like the old Socratic dialogue where questions are welcome, and then just from the the invitation and the joining, the dialogue just emerges. And I find, like you just said, it's it is a way of going very deep, and it does involve openness. So it's, it's really quite delightful. Yeah. Yeah, we'd like to look at the perspective also that we are spirit that is always constantly whole and how that affects our lives in the world. Yes, spirit is, is, equated with the, the I am presence, it's prior to time. So in one sense, I feel like our apparent journey through time and space as a human being, as a person in the world is, it seems to take on a, a, a surrender or a letting go. And as we move through uh, our journey to remember our true nature is spirit, then, then we just practice and practice and practice yet again and, and start to feel really like it's, it's, it's coming through us and it's, it's showing itself to us in what we think and say and do. And we feel more aligned and we feel more expansive and then I feel there are experiences we have very expanded states of awareness that that help us approach this glorious uh, realization of self, which is I am spirit. And so we just gently give way to it every moment of every day until our mind is certain of it identity and certain of its its essence of, of being pure spirit. Yeah, you have described many such experiences that you've had in your audios um, where you join with others or you had this this deep mystical experiences. Would you like to describe one or the other here? Yeah, I've had a number of vast experiences that that seemed to still be perceptual, but 
feeling was one of being very expanded and, and very all-inclusive. And I did have a revelatory experience when I was down in the woods of Kentucky, where I was doing a, an open-eyed meditation with a friend of mine. And, and then as I became more and more relaxed and more and more still, the, the perception of, of her and I sitting across from each other and just kind of gazing into each other's eyes, it, it kind of shifted more to a, to a, it's almost like a flattening out, like a figure ground experience where everything seemed to merge and kind of flatten out first. And then this blazing light uh, just started streaming through the, the, the silhouette and the, the boundaries that were part of that, that flattened perception. And then, then the whole uh, perception disappeared and everything was just light. And so that felt to me what, what Jesus describes as a revelatory experience where you're just a direct experience of the light or the great rays Jesus calls it in the, in the course. And it was just an experience of absolute perfect oneness where there were no questions, everything was completely known, everything was completely certain. And I had the feeling that, that what I had perceived as a world was just like a thin veil that was covering over reality, that, that reality was light, was pure light, and that the veil of perception had been pierced, it seemed, and then, and then the, the veil was gone. So that was very powerful for me because these experiences occurred in the, the late 1980s for me. And they were so strong that it preceded my, my travels, it preceded my visits to see uh, a Course in Miracles teacher from India named Tara Singh. It preceded my visits to the Catskill Mountains to spend time with Ken Wapnick and Gloria Wapnick. It, and it really preceded everything uh, that was to come in my journey with the Course. But it left me with this experience of that, that my life was not my own and, and that, that everything was just for this light and for remembering this, this light. So I think that experience of like a direct contact with God and with spirit was, was so important for me because after that, I had more of a confidence, more trust, a much, much deeper faith. And it really helped me in my devotion to really practice the course, you know, as, as fully as a life calling. And, and so I think that's the value of, of a mystical experience. It's, it's just, it's just strengthens our, 
our trust in God and it, it expands our faith. And, and that's very important on this, this inward change. Wonderful. I love that because it, it actually shows that there is a presence there that wants to enable us to have the full faith, right? Yes. Yeah. Another topic I'd like to look at is the idea of holiness in A Course in Miracles. That is not the same as when we say someone is a saint or someone is a sinner. It's something totally different, whether you'd like to expand on that. Yeah, I think our holiness relates to the previous topic we explored, that, that I am spirit, and, and spirit is is what creation is. It, God is spirit and Christ is spirit and the Holy Spirit is, is spirit. Then our holiness rests in a state of being. And it is different than when people talk about a holy person or, or a saint where they describe oftentimes behaviors or they may describe uh, some of the um, the actions and the, the worldly experiences that are part of being a saint. Uh, for example, with Mother Teresa, you know, she had many decades of, of, as she said, working with the poorest of the poor, and, and she had a group of sisters that she worked with and lived with, and those are all equated with um, with still our perceptions in the world. Whereas when Jesus is talking about holiness in the workbook lessons of A Course in Miracles, you know, he'll say things like my holiness blesses the world or there's nothing my holiness cannot do. And I think he's referring to holiness as synonymous with spirit this power and this presence that comes from God that is capable of, of all things in the sense that it, it radiates a sense of grace and blessing to everyone and everything without exception. And that's what sets it apart from uh, the, the behaviors and the achievements in the world, for example, in the in the Catholic system in Christianity, uh, to officially be regarded as, as a saint, you have to have verifiable miracles, and you have to. Uh, it's almost like you have to have evidence uh, in the world that that you're a saint. <laughs> you know, it's like your resume to make it into sainthood. But holiness. In the Course in Miracles, as Jesus is teaching us, is 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 that present of God and of love that's that's in us, and that comes through us, and blesses everything and everyone equally. So, in that sense, it's it's a it's a state of mind. It's a quality of being spirit. It's a quality of being a perfect, innocent child of God. And, and that is a, a bit different than the way that the, the world looks upon uh, 
saintly, most uh, uh, you know, so uh, holy person in that way. Yes, uh, that's very true, and yeah, it's also not exclusive. Everyone can take part of it, right, or be the the holiness, be one with the holiness. It's not something that is only you have to have achievements or anything like you said, right? Enough to yeah. prove anything to be yeah, yeah. to be part of it. Yeah. yeah, I always I like to tell people that they're everyone is a saint in training, <laughs> and so it turns it around because they tend to think of saints as being like special special people, and I I say well. I think we're all saints in training here, meaning we all we all have equal access to the holiness that God has given us, and and it's just really uh, being willing to line up and and let that holiness express through us. Yeah, another point of a of a course of miracles that is very stunning is that no one is a sinner. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's that's very important, I think, in the sense that uh, that word sin and and that word sinner is is very much a part of of a lot of religions, and it's it's seen as as like an identity or something. And and I like how Jesus says in the course that the one thing that you're absolutely incapable of doing is is of sinning, of, of being a sinner in the sense that he's saying that that sin has its root and is synonymous with separation. And the whole teaching of the Course is that separation is impossible. Uh, separation ultimately cannot occur because it's not God's will. And so it can be believed in, but it, it isn't true. And so in that sense, Jesus is teaching us the atonement, which is uh, analogous to correction, is teaching us that uh, the separation never happened. And if the separation never happened, then that must mean that sin is impossible. So he does use the word and, and he does uh, give us another word from the English language that that is so different than the ways that religions have looked at sin. He says that that sin is an error to be corrected. And ultimately, he teaches us that the Holy Spirit has already corrected the error. So it's not like we have to do something to uh, be value, valued enough to to receive this correction. But but the correction is already there. We just have to accept it. So this is a very different picture of, of sin. And that's really why Jesus is not really calling uh, calling the, the child of God a sinner. He's just saying that there's been an error, a mistake, a, a tiny mad idea, and and that that 
mistake has already been corrected and all you have to do is listen to the Holy Spirit and in a sense, follow the Holy Spirit and merge with the Holy Spirit to remember your divine innocence, to remember that as a perfect child of God, it is impossible to sin. It's a very powerful yeah, way, way of explaining the, the Course in Miracles as well as a total thing, because that's the message. Yeah. So this remembering that A Course in Miracles is teaching us, remembering our equalness, our innocence, our holiness, our wholeness, our oneness, so important. And you've been practicing this since a long, long time. Are there any insights you'd like to follow up on? Well, I I feel what I've experienced is that it it is a journey of of trust. That uh, once I came in contact. With the Course in Miracles back in 1986 out in Southern California, near La Jolla. From that point, when I read it for the first time and had this huge, very vast kind of love experience, then I would say that that the key has been the development of trust. And and I would say that that all of us have have faith and all of us have trust, except we've we've put our faith in in the ego and its beliefs in scarcity and lack and and its its belief in, in time, linear time. And for me the journey has been this very authentic journey of experiences that that the course calls miracles where each time I experienced a miracle I was shown that I was sustained by God I was sustained by by the light by this this beautiful I am presence and and each miracle has shown me that I I can rely completely on this love and light. I, I need not look to the past and look to the world to be sustained. So I feel the whole life experience or the parable of David has been just showing me that I am sustained by God in all ways, in all circumstances and situations that if there's a word I need or if there's anything that I need to, to share and extend it is given to me very easily and effortlessly and it has felt for many years uh, this world has felt more like a fairy tale because in a fairy tale things just seem to happen and things just seem to show up and there's not all this discussion and analysis in the fairy tale about how, how are we going to do this or 
how will this work or breaking things apart, I have found that as I hold my purpose out in front, then, then everything kind of just carries me and, and I'm carried along in an effortless way. Very different from the previous life that I knew before I really gave myself over to Jesus and the Course in Miracles. You know, previously I was with so many worries and concerns and planning, constantly planning and striving. And uh, it was, of course, there was anxiety and sadness and all the human emotions that go with the, the struggle of the human condition. And then since I've really just step back and let the spirit lead the way and really become like a, a, just a very sincere, devoted practitioner of Jesus's teachings in the course, then, then the way has, has been made clear. You know, it just, it feels like everything's completely orchestrated. Like uh, you and I, Wanaka, we, we've been, looking for an opportunity to have this uh, talk. And every day it's like, well, we'll wait for a time when you had a little vacation time and look for a spontaneous opening. And that's beautiful because that's how my days seem to go. I, I have after this talk, uh, there's a woman who's taken a, like a eight hours of bus rides to come from Mexico City to where where I'm at so uh, she can meet me and she's bringing her little daughter and uh, she wrote to me uh, just in Espanol and I used the translator, Google translator to understand what she was asking and what she was wanting. But these kind of orchestrated holy encounters like we're having right now are where the joy is, you know, it's where we experience the equality and the, the love and the deep connection that that is ours forever in, in God's love and God's grace. So to me, this is this is what it's all about to be able to share the, the Holy Spirit's curriculum of joy with every single encounter, knowing that that's the purpose of the encounter. The purpose is the joy, not trying to get something or trying to uh, make something happen, but just to appreciate the the love that we are and to you know, experience that with every single encounter that we have so that we can know our own, our own holiness. we get so attached to the image of who we are or what people are saying we are and so on. It's, it seems almost impossible many times, right? Yeah. Yeah, when we're attached, it's, it seems like we, we become then attached to, to outcomes, to things working out a certain way or turning out a certain way. And then that's just an expectation. If we are attached to the ego or false identity, then we we project that to um, outcomes of the world. We have goals for 
things in the world and we become very disappointed when those goals are, are not met. We have expectations for people that they behave a certain way or they act a certain way or they treat us a certain way. And then when they, they don't seem to do that, then we, we don't really see it's our own attachments and expectations that are bringing us this uh, feeling of, of upset and not really what's what's happening in the world. It's just, it's really, uh, it's being generated in our mind from the ego. Yeah, and that's so a big, big step for us to move from, from thinking it's happening to us to, to realizing that it's being generated and nonetheless we remain holy throughout. Yeah. And because we are still projecting the world out into being, right? Into our experience. And this process of forgiveness that A Course in Miracles speaks of is the only way to respond with love to, to our projections, right? Yeah, it is. It's, I think the more we feel the love within us and the, the love in our hearts, then, then we withdraw the the meaning and the investment that we've had in the projections. And uh, I like how Jesus says that, that we always either extend the truth or we, we project the ego. We extend the truth or we multiply illusions. And I like that reminder from the workbook because it, it, it simplifies it. You know, I even have a friend on some of the online retreats and she took a quote from something I shared on an online retreat, uh, which was connect, don't project. <laughs> and she, <laughs> she put it on a hat and she put it on a t-shirt, <laughs> a simple saying, connect, don't project. And, and that reminds me that, that that's the purpose is always in the connection. It's always connecting with the truth that we are and the love that we are and and really holding that as our purpose with our brothers and sisters that that we really are meant to connect with them and and feel that connection and not try to use our brothers and sisters for for any other motivation not for not to try to compete with them or to try to use them for any egoic purpose. We're just simply here to connect. And I like that. That, that to me is, is, is a simple pointer on how to live. Yeah, very powerful and, and also very, um, a perspective that um, one isn't used to usually because we're, we're always projecting these ideas of what we want to get out of something and just sort of that, right? That to let that go and just let it be and connect rather than project. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Like yeah. Well, thank you, Wanako. This has been very 
wonderful discussion we've had. <laughs> I'm glad for your your persistence because I've been quite busy, and then I I'm glad that you had a little time off so we could uh, find to connect. Even though uh, you're you're in Germany and I'm down here in Mexico, we we found a way. <laughs> yeah, we found a way. I'm in Austria, actually. <laughs> oh, Austria. Okay, I've been there too. That's close. That's a little south there. <laughs> <laughs> South of Germany. Yeah. So happy we made it, right? We've been trying yeah. to connect for a while. <laughs> now we've been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, thank you so much for joining me in this. And thank you to the listeners for listening and joining in the whole process of forgiveness that we are all, all involved in. Yeah. Beautiful. Please review the podcast wherever you're listening to it so that we get more listeners, so more people hear of this and share the link to it. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, beautiful. David. Oh, thank you, Monica. What a blessing. And I see Manuela, she's been here with us. So thank you, Manuela, for joining in. <laughs> yes, thank thank you. you so much. It was beautiful. <laughs> thank you so oh. much. <laughs> we love you. We love you. Love you too. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you do you want to ask something, Manuela, before we end? Or <laughs> I'm grateful to listen. That's all. I'm so happy. I have no no questions at the moment. I can feel it deep in my heart. And thank you. <laughs> oh. Wonderful. Okay. <laughs> and thank you, everyone. And blessings to everyone. May we all remember our holiness in every moment so that we can live from it. Thank you, David, for sharing all your insights about this. Oh, and thank you. Yeah, until next time. Blessings. Yeah. Blessings. <laughs> thank you, Monica. Lots of love. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye-bye.